Hello and welcome to Love Thy Lawyer, where we talk to real lawyers about their lives in and out of the practice of law, how they got to be lawyers, and what their experience has been. I'm Lewis Goodman, the host of the show, and yes, I'm a lawyer. Nobody's perfect. She is the founder of a Chicago-based employment law consulting firm. She provides legal advice, strategies, and risk management for businesses and individuals on a wide range of employment matters and litigation. She has worked in mid-sized firms in Chicago, Morristown, New Jersey, and Los Angeles. She has written for today's Chicago Woman Magazine, and she has an online blog called Working It, which offers an urban professional perspective on women's issues in the business, civic, and arts communities. Lauren Blair, welcome to Love Thy Lawyer. Thank you. It's great to be here, Lewis. I'm very happy to talk to you. I have been very impressed by the information that I have received about you, and I'm wondering if you could tell us where your office is. I'm located in the beautiful and approaching briskly chilly Chicago, uh, Illinois. I now work primarily from home, which is more common than it used to be. So I work in the area that I live in, which is a neighborhood called West Town. But for decades, I practiced in downtown Chicago. Tell us a little bit about what type of practice you have. I now do more consulting than litigation. I'd say for the past six years, I have been handling a lot of executive compensation issues and uh, transition issues. So essentially, when C-suite individuals are looking to join a corporation or leave a corporation or renegotiate with the corporation, then that's when I get involved and I usually represent the executive side. That's through my consulting firm. I also do a lot more freelance writing than in the past. It's something that I really like to do. So I also freelance with a website called freeadvice.com on a variety of legal matters and also insurance matters as well. And so that's kept my writing skills sharp. Tell us how the free advice website works. Well, it's designed to help the general public who are looking for uh, lawyers or legal advice on a variety of issues from landlord tenant issues to, you know, my sweet spot, which is employment and labor law issues, family law issues, insurance coverage claim issues, and the like. So you, it, it, it's just a trove. It's a resource with a lot of information on legal questions that a lot of folks have on a variety of issues. And if folks feel that they need to connect with a lawyer, then freeadvice.com has a tool that allows them to put in their zip code and they can be directed to a lawyer in their area. Well, I think that one of the issues that we are facing as a society in the United States right now is the problem of people's access to the legal system and people's access to lawyers and legal information. 
it seems to me that a website like freeadvice.com helps people get information that they might not otherwise be able to get. So I think in that sense, it's, it's a really good service. It really is. I know as a lawyer, maybe Lewis, you experience this too. You might get questions from friends and family who know you're a lawyer that have nothing to do with your, your area of practice. And so you can try and give some general guidance and maybe steer them to maybe some referrals. So I can go to this website and get, you know, get a general working knowledge of this area of law see if it answers my general question. And then if I want to go further, need, feel like I need legal advice, then it allows you to search and vet legal resources. Yeah. So this brings up three questions for me. One is how do lawyers get involved with the freeadvice.com website? Two, how does the freeadvice.com website fund itself? And three, what do people need to do in order to access advice on it? Mm-hmm. I'll take I'll take the last part first. You know, it's really as easy as plug is going to your Google search engine and plugging in. You know, how do I? What is a? You know, just the general uh, natural language searches that that people do on and for any variety of reasons or searches that they're doing these days. And as, as somebody who freelances for them, I know that they, freeadvice.com does make sure that they are working very hard to make sure that they're using keywords and that they're answering the questions that the consumer has on certain legal issues. It's, it's, you know, not just a, um, click here and then we want to sell you a lawyer. We really do try. I mean, the number one mantra is, are you answering the question that the consumer is asking? The other two questions you had may be a little bit above my pay grade because as a freelance, freelance writer for freeadvice.com, I am really not I don't go behind the curtain. So I am not really that knowledgeable to talk about their their business model and business platform. And the first question you asked about how do lawyers affiliate with them, I will get back to you on that. Because again, in terms of lawyers who are going to be the resource if, if the public wants to put in their zip code and how can they get Lauren Blair in my zip code as a lawyer, I'm really not sure about how Lauren Blair goes and um, puts themselves in freeadvice.com's database. So I am not a lawyer resource for freeadvice.com. I'm a freelance writer for them. And do they compensate you for that? Oh, yeah. As a lawyer, what are we taught? <laughs> I mean, get paid up front. We get paid and we like to get paid by the word or the hour, you know, either way. So, yes, they do compensate freelance writers. Very flexible. Again, because I do, because as I've matured in my practice, I am doing more with it. I'm not, I don't feel limited to just be a litigator who works on briefs and sends out discovery and responds to discovery and presents motions and goes to court and, you know, which is what I pretty much was, I won't call it a rut, Lewis, but it certainly was the formula that I feel that I was 
stuck in for pro- the first 20 years of my practice. And so now these last five, six, seven years, I f- allowed myself a little bit more freedom to play around in Think about more business opportunities that I can leverage with my legal career, skills, and degree. Where are you from originally? Chicago, Illinois, North Side, Lincoln Park neighborhood. Is that where you went to high school? I went two years to Lincoln Park High School, a fantastic Chicago public high school institution. And then my final two years, I went to a very near boarding school in Lake Forest, Illinois. It was about 60 miles from downtown Chicago, so not long at all. And so I would board there from Sunday evening to Friday evening, then take a train or hitch a ride with a fellow student and come back into the city and spend the the weekend at home. And it was it was ideal. I loved it. What was the name of that school? Lake Forest Academy. Now, when you graduated from Lake Forest, where'd you go to college? I went upstate New York to Cornell University, another fantastic institution. Had a blast. Loved it. And yeah, Ithaca, Ithaca is gorgeous. I know. I went to the University of Rochester. So you we know, just up the road. Right. <laughs> so you know what I'm talking about. It's just a beautiful, just a beautiful part of the country. It really is. People don't realize that, but the upstate New York and the Finger Lakes area is really oh, amazing. It is. I miss it. Now, when you graduated from Cornell, you ultimately went to law school. Did you take some time off or did you go straight through? I went straight through. I graduated in college in 91. And so economically, the country was, was, I don't know technically if it was a recession or what was going on, but it was a really sluggish job market. And I really didn't have any path or idea of what my path should be. I pretty much took stock in what my skills were and tried to match it, a career that I thought was suited to my skills and where I could exploit my skills. And I love to write. I'm not shy to talk and for public speaking. And then the best postgraduate, you know, uh, path for me was was in the law. So you really took an almost mathematical look at things. Very analytical. Absolutely. I I think, Louis, I am the first one in my immediately fam in my immediate family to go to college. I really didn't have a playbook or a lot of guidance. So it really was a lot of figuring things out as I went and trying to be very, yeah, very pragmatic about what am I going to do here. I went to Chicago Kent College of Law, and that's affiliated with the Illinois Institute of Technology. Well, I'll tell you something else I'm just kind of interested in, which is it sounds like, you know, I mean, you said that your family did not have a lot of formal education. You're the first person that graduated from college. Your father had a sixth grade education and your mother graduated from high school. Yet they sent you to presumably a very good boarding school for two years. And you went to Cornell, which is an Ivy League school, to go to college. There must have been some sort of parental push towards education. Absolutely. Both of my parents are 
very, very bright, really smart people. You know, I learned the word erudite when I was a very young child because my mother is one. She's a walking encyclopedia, very bright. My, my, my dad too, not only was very personable, but just a lot of, a lot of street smarts to be sure, but also very savvy. And I think even more than my mother, both of them wanted to pursue higher education, but I think my father really felt like he missed out in, in, going to high school with his education. I mean, you know, he was, uh, my father was Irish, North side Irish in Chicago, very poor, poor Irish family. And my mother is African-American and she grew up in Inglewood, Chicago, which is, you know, now it's a very, you know, poor poverty stricken neighborhood with not a lot of resources. What was it like growing up mixed race in Chicago? Growing up biracial in the city in the 70s and 80s was probably a whole lot less traumatic than it would have been growing up in a, a suburb or a small town. There was just a lot of variety. I really did have a great experience growing up in the city of Chicago. There was a lot of freedom and a lot of diversity and an independence, which I think, again, helped developed me to the kind of independent person that I am, that I've become. Right now, you are doing this free advice and the consulting kind of law. I'm wondering if you could tell us a little bit about your history and experience practicing in law firms, because I know you've worked in several law firms, and what sort of work did you do, and what did you think of that? Yeah, I have had a long career as a lawyer, and I would say first and foremost, I would identify myself as a litigator. And, you know, there's here's the battle. Here's the issue. It's you, the judge, the opponent, you know, your adversary, maybe a couple of witnesses. And then the bell rings, you fight. And at the end, somebody's going to win. And, you know, it's a real I got a I was deeply gratified when. I won in court. What do you really like about practicing law and being involved in a legally related field? You know, I think uh, the legal career has served me so well in being in being able to analyze and read situations. It's just made me a better thinker. You know, to be candid, there are a lot of things I don't like about the practice of law, the law school training, the legal profession where we are today, but but I do like the tools that it has given me to be, you know, a, a great thinker. Those skills are portable and I can take them them anywhere. Would you recommend to a young person thinking about a career to go into law? You know, I would I I would be candid and say I'm not definitely not the person to paint a rosy picture of a law career for everyone. It is not for everyone. But I would encourage anyone with an interest in the law to find some way to get legal experience. When I talk to young people or young lawyers, I like to talk with them about how do you succeed? How do you make money? at this career. Yeah, so, well, well, not to interrupt, but no, please. L- let's I mean, let's get to that. What what about the business of practicing law? You know, how's that gone for you and how has that either met or differed from your expectations? Yeah. You know, when you st- when, when 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 
when young people start anywhere, they're they're learning and they're not as confident or maybe they're a little more timid. But new lawyers tend to just view themselves as worker bees, right? How many billable hours can you generate? But what I think they need to understand is that for young lawyers on day one, they need to start thinking about developing business and that the business development seeds that they plant today will grow if they're properly nurtured and these relationships are continued and supported. They can grow into serious potential business 5, 10, 20 years in the future. And I will also say that when young associates have the confidence to speak up to a partner, then partners have the confidence to give young associates more opportunities because confidence is a key component of being a successful lawyer. Is there anything you know now that you really wished you knew before you started practicing? You know, I I do. I think I was reticent to blow my own horn. You, You probably couldn't tell that from listening to me or talking with me now, but lawyers have to really be good at advocating, um, for themselves, which is an indicator of how good they can advocate for their clients. Wish I would have given myself permission to blow my own horn with partners. Well, I think that there's something that I've been hearing a lot lately, and that's the matter of personal branding and how Mm. even if you're not working for yourself or working for a small firm, that even if you're working for a big firm, that whoever it is that you are, one needs to work on their personal brand. I think you're sort of getting to that notion. You've hit the nail on the head. That's exactly right. And here, and it's not only that you should be branding, I, I would highlight the dangers of not being in charge of your own branding. Because if you're not in charge of your own brand, somebody else will be. And they will, you know, be the narrator of who you are, which could affect your trajectory, especially in larger law firms. So, yeah, I was at one point in my in my firm, the head of recruitment. And when when young associates were hired, I would pull them aside. I I. I want everyone to win. So my secrets are your secrets. Like there are no secrets. I will tell you, but I would always say at a minimum for the first three months, hopefully these will be just good, good habits that you have, but it is so key that you get in, you know, that you're there before the partners get in and that you are there when the partners leave, you know, and, That sounds so simple and maybe it sounds silly, but that's part of your brand. It's your image. Then you are seen as somebody who is a, you know, who is diligent, responsible and and billing because that's what that's what partners want to see that you are generating for them at that level. What do you think is the best advice you've ever received? Find a champion, not a mentor. Oh, that's interesting. What do you mean by that? Mentors are great. We all need them. But what people really need is a champion. In my definition, to me, a mentor is somebody with experience who can tell you how they succeeded. A champion is someone in a power position 
who actively helps you succeed. That's what I mean by a champion. You've seen the legal system from a number of different perspectives. Do you think that it's fair? I think that it's slow. I think, you know, no system is perfect. I think it strives for fairness, but can't achieve it 100% of the time. I I know that, you know, the saying that the wheels of justice turn slowly, and I, I know the judicial system is slow, and that's in part to the, you know, the due process that people are entitled to. But those procedures can be exploited. I'm going to shift gears here a little bit. What's your family life been like, and how has being involved with the law and practicing law affected that and fit into it? I think it, it probably convinced both of my kids that they not to practice law, not not by actively discouraging them, but just for them seeing a, a lot of the, the long hours and the stress. I, I am fortunate to have two great teenagers and one's heading off to college and one's in the middle of their high school career. And, you know, I, I, because my husband and I are both lawyers, then we inject a lot of analytical discussions in our daily interactions with our, with our children. So I think, you know, they become then more astute observers because we're having conversations. But I also think, um, interestingly, Lewis, I, I, remind them to really find their joy, try and connect the dots to the things that they love to do and that they're good at. Have you had any interesting travel experiences? Oh my gosh. I was so fortunate. I turned 50 in 2019. So that year, I pretty much was traveling I think this is how I justified it in my mind. Well, I'm turning 50, so let's just make this a year of travel for my 50s. It felt a little extravagant and and decadent at at, at times. Where'd you go? Well, I went to multiple places in Europe. I went to France a couple of times, Spain. I went to Spain a couple of times and France a couple of times, different places in each. And I went to South Africa which was my first time in part of the world. I went to Morocco a separate time. And then there were also trips to, you know, throughout our beautiful country. So, you know, New York and New Orleans and... Any place you you really liked? Ohio even was great. Yeah. (laughs) I found South Africa to be really interesting. I, I thought that there was a lot of opportunity there for young people. Any recreational pursuits that you enjoy doing to kind of clear your head when you leave the office? I walk my dog a lot. I, I, my dog is a very big dog, and he must be very lucky. We do afternoon walks, and they're about an hour. They could be an hour and a half sometimes, and it really is my time to clear my head and, and breathe fresh air. My family is a family of snowboarders. I I'm the holdout skier. I ski less and less. But as as a family, we do enjoy our time in the mountains when we're going away for vacation. Yeah. Where do you go to ski and snowboard? Our favorite destination is is Whistler up in British Columbia, yeah. uh, about two hours north of Vancouver. How do you define success? To me, success is when 
you were pursuing your joy. Let's say, Lauren, that you and your husband came into some real money, let's say three or four billion dollars. What, if anything, would you do differently in your life? (laughs) I'm so petty, but I would have a live-in maid because I live with my husband, two teenagers, a big dog, and my mother. I think I would probably explore more. I think the best way I can truthfully answer that is to When I think about my retirement plans with my husband, the goal is to travel together. There's just something about traveling the world and getting a firsthand perspective of other people, other places, other cultures, languages, etc. It increases your intelligence. You just become smarter. You really do. Well, let's say you had a magic wand. There was one thing in the world the legal world or otherwise that you could change, what would that be? If I could wave a magic wand, I would try and um, replace hate with love in people's hearts right now. Is there anything you want to talk about that we haven't covered? Not really. This has been so enjoyable. We've had such a great time talking with you extemporaneously. How can people find you and get in touch with you to ask you for some free advice or some paid advice or just to to talk? Sure. You can reach me at laurenblairconsulting at gmail.com. And is there a website? Yes. You can also go to my website of Lauren Blair Consulting as well. You can find me on LinkedIn as well, Lauren Blair Consulting. Well, great, Lauren. Louis, this has been a pleasure. I really appreciate the opportunity to be on your podcast and share some of my experience with you and your listeners. Lauren, I really appreciate your joining me on the Love My Lawyer podcast. It has been a pleasure to talk to you. That's it for today's episode of Love Thy Lawyer. If you enjoyed listening, please share it with a friend and subscribe to the podcast. If you have comments or suggestions, send me an email. I promise I'll respond. Take a look at our website at lovethylawyer.com, where you can find all of our episodes, transcripts, photographs, and information. Thanks, as always, to my guests who share their wisdom, and to Joel Katz for music, Brian Matheson for technical support, and Tracy Harvey. I'm Lewis Goodman. I think we're seeing maybe a pattern here. This is almost like therapy.